second hour of the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Packers back on the practice field today. And uh, the big question is, now that we uh, have not seen the starters, now that we have not seen the starters uh, at all, uh, basically in the preseason, now we are, uh, you know, watching them all come together and hopefully the outcome is better than what we witnessed last year uh, against the New Orleans Saints down in Jacksonville. Joining us on the hotline, our buddy Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated joining us. Bill, how you doing? I'm great. How about you? Well, I'm good. I'm itching for uh, regular football, I'll tell you that, yeah. uh, getting out of this preseason. So I, I guess the first question is, what are you looking for this weekend? Because I said, look, I'm looking obviously to see some kind of a rhythm offensively. The the starting tackles, will they be there? The, the wide outs we've talked so much about. And then on top of that, uh, special teams to be better. But those are my probably top three things. How about you? Yeah, I think, I mean, clearly, I think you're right about the offensive tackles. Um, that's that's first and foremost. You know, people can downplay Zadarius Smith's um, departure from here all they want, but the guy did have 26 sacks the previous two seasons. He's a hell of a player. So if you've got Zadarius Smith on one end and Daniil Hunter, who had back-to-back seasons of 14 and a half sacks before a couple injuries, that is two big-time pass rushers. Will Bakhtiari play? Will Jenkins play? Will they both play? I think it's a, that's a huge deal, those guys playing, and, you know, obviously everyone knows the state of Green Bay's receiver core. Um, the more time you give Rodgers time to uh, get, get one of those guys open, the better off you're going to be to stay at the obvious. So I think that is the number one storyline is Jenkins and Bakhtiari. So the uh, now what about Alan Lazard? Because I know Lazard was, uh, you know, not at practice last week or not practicing last week, and there was a question about what was going on with him. We'll find out the official injury report today going into the weekend. But give me your thoughts on Lazard. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you, Bill. Um, we're all waiting like you are. Um, <laughs> the other day he said he was getting a veteran's rest day. I'm like, I'm like really? I mean, he just, he just had like four days off. So um, he's pretty mum about it. I don't, LaFleur, I don't think, seemed like super pessimistic about it. And he, I mean, he was moving around okay when he was out on, on the field, just kind of catching some passes. So um, I I'm going to guess it's not a big concern, but we'll, we'll find out. I mean, he's had a problem staying healthy over the years, right? I mean, the, the couple mm-hmm. of years where he's been a big part of things, he's missed some time, and Cobb has missed time, and Watkins has missed time. So, yeah, I think that is a something to watch for sure because at some point those receivers or those rookies are going to have to play is at some time Sunday. What's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, uh, even though we know this defense is upgraded, I was just reading some of the you know the stuff from Peter King and his predictions for the season of the Packers defense being top five. You talk about getting a test with Thielen and Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook, obviously, early on. Kirk Cousins, who had a hell of a season going last year before, uh, you know, the defense kind of gave up some of their wins and some of his, uh, you know, steam in the sails, so to speak. But this is a hell of a test for this defense right out of the chute. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I'm, I'm buying. I, I, am, I am all in on these guys being great. Now, that being said, I, mean, I did write a, a story yesterday about three reasons why they might not be great. And. I mean, look at the end of last year. They were terrible, right? I mean, people can look at that 49ers game, and that is obviously the lasting impression, but the last seven regular season games, they were among the worst defenses in football last year. Now, there's no reason why they should be that this year. These these guys are loaded. They're healthy. You know, they, they've added pieces and that rather than losing pieces, but it'll be something. Um, I think Quay Walker, and we've talked about this before, Bill, he's, he's a real X factor. These guys have run more dime defense than any team in the league over the last couple of years. 
Well, with Quay Walker, they don't have to do that anymore, and they and they barely did any of it in training camp. This isn't like rocket science here. It's easier to stop the run with two 240-pound linebackers rather than just one, right? So I think the addition of Quay Walker helps you stop the run because you can still play a pass defense with those guys. And if you can get the Vikings into third and longs, you certainly prefer Rush, Rashawn, Gary, and Preston Smith over their offensive tackles. So I like uh, what, what the Packers have done defensively. I, I think, obviously, there's still some depth issues there. But what kind of a – do you think this team plays – a, a ton of nickels we've seen in the past, or do you think that they're good enough just to say, hey, bring it, line up our base defense, and we can get after you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's kind of matchup based. I mean, if you're going to go, if the Vikings line up with three receivers, who guards the third receiver, right? I mean, Rasul mm-hmm. Douglas does. So I, if you're playing your best 11, playing nickels, Rasul Douglas is your best bet. And then you just go with Kenny Clark and Clark and Reed or Clark and Lowry or however you want to shake that out. But um, the more you can get Rasul Douglas on the field, the better off you are. So I will. I look. It's a it's a nickel league. Right? I mean, it's you know every time teams change coaches, it's what are you going to run three four or four three? It's like who cares, right? It's everyone's going to run nickel, and um, you can't tell me that Stokes, Alexander, and Rasul Douglas is not your best combination. Uh, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I also look at this uh, defense going up against this offense in a hostile environment because I, I, I don't, you know, we haven't made official picks, but I've said all along, I think the Packers with uh, kind of a new look offensive core, if you will, because they're not going to be dependent solely upon Devontae Adams, a defense that's going to be still kind of finding itself a little bit with some of the young depth, but also you got a guy like Jerron Reed and the guys up front. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I picked the Packers to lose only for the fact that Minnesota, with a new head coach, they played well last year. They addressed some of the problems in the offseason. This is kind of like they're super. They're, they're not behind the Packers right now in the division. The fans are geeked up for this thing. I think it's going to be an incredibly hostile environment and a great opener for Kevin O'Connell and, unfortunately, for the Green Bay Packers. Do you get that sense? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a, it'll be, I mean, the environment's going to be awesome. I mean, it, it always is there, right? I mean, it's going to be, you know, two-thirds Vikings fan and one-third Packer fans. It'll be It'll be loud throughout. Look, I, I, yeah, I'm sure the Vikings will be jazzed to, to play for O'Connell, but, you know, Green Bay starters haven't played either. And, and this defense, they know they're good. It's like I've never seen what I saw in a practice field. And as, as in defensive guys just outright talking trash at the offense, Rashawn Gary jumping up and down in the face of Aaron Rodgers, this is stuff I've never seen before. I mean, maybe my memory's maybe foggy from, from 2010 when Woodson was out there, but mm-hmm. I mean, you get my point. These guys know that they're really damn good. And offensively, I think, Rodgers and those guys have think they have something to prove. I mean, we, um, to generalize here, we all think they're not very good, right? <laughs> if you don't have Devontae right. Adams, and you look at the receiver core, I mean, it's it's not good. I think they have something to prove. I think Lafleur will. I mean, they they, they did go something out without Adams, so I think they'll have a pretty good plan for Minnesota. We'll see if it's sustainable over the long haul. Uh, I think Green Bay wins because I, I think I think Green Bay's defensive front is so much better than Minnesota's offensive line. But we'll see. I mean, huh. this is. It's a coin flip game for sure. Talking with Bill Huber, at Bill Huber SI over on Twitter, uh, covering the Green Bay Packers. Special teams-wise, we never got a chance in the preseason to really see the depth that this special teams unit is going to have. Also, obviously, there's a question mark regarding Mason Crosby. We haven't seen a lot of him, nothing in the preseason, and haven't seen a lot of him really outside at all. So special teams-wise, I think we're all maybe looking over that fence with a lot of skepticism, would you say? I think a lot of people are. I'm not. Um, you, you got. I might get the years wrong on this here. Um, Q 
Keyshawn Nixon led the Raiders in special teams tackles in 2019. Um, Rudy Ford led the Eagles in 2020. And Dolan Levitt led the Raiders in 2021. So you've got three guys who are proven players um, out there. I think they're going to be better. I, I, I think nothing that happened the preseason is relevant in the least. I mean, even, even like the number one, I think it was the number one kickoff return in the preseason. It had three guys from the real number one kickoff return, right? I mean, what you saw in the preseason was totally irrelevant. You know, the 10 and 12 guys on the field stuff is annoying, sure. But again, if you call number one kickoff return, there's, there's some confusion because the number one kickoff return on the practice field was different than the real one. So um, I think it'll be really good, or they'll be greatly improved, I should say. I get the skepticism. Um, I don't share it. You know, just because they've sucked in past years doesn't mean they're going to suck again. And they got a, they got a proven coordinator. They got a bunch of veteran guys out there. They're going to play some starters. Amari Rogers, for as much grief as that guy took, understandably so, on fielding the ball. I thought down the stretch last year he was pretty good at actually catching the ball. We've seen him have a couple explosives and, and during the preseason. Um, they're going to be much better. The uh, the offense with Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peter King seems to think Rodgers has something to prove. Life after Devontae sure. Adams. Does Rod, you know, and, and I know Rodgers is the complicated fellow. I get all of that. But do you think he's got that again this year, a different chip on his shoulder? Yeah. And why wouldn't he? I mean, no one's expecting him to do much this year because of the receivers. It's interesting. You know, one of the sports books had his over-under for passing yards at like 4,200 to start. It was like decreased four times because like everybody was betting the under on it, and the sports books are like, "crap, we have got to keep lowering this thing." So the expectations are, are very minimal. Um, I think he's heard everybody talking about it's a defensive team, and they're going to lean into running backs, um, quarterbacks are the rising tide that lifts all boats. Right? It's, it's why those guys get paid forty, fifty million dollars a year because they're supposed to win with whatever they got. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to prove um, that he's. <laughs> I can't believe I want to say this that he's not just kind of a byproduct of Devontae Adams to some extent, that he can go win with whoever you've put out there with him. Like, you know, kind of like Tom Brady did for some of those years with the Patriots, that um, there's a bunch of no-names of receiver, and it made no difference at all because he's just too good. Who do you think emerges uh, when it comes to the wide receiving core? Is it Romeo Dobbs? Does he become all of a sudden that guy, uh, or is there this uh, large amount of faith in Alan Lazard and what he can do? But who becomes, do you feel, the go-to guy? God, that's a great question. I have no idea, Bill. Rodgers has talked to Lazard. Lazard didn't do much during camp. You know, the DBs are really good, and the pass rushers in the space. I have no idea. It's so hard to judge because Green Bay's corners are so good. What's it going to look like against the Vikings when the Vikings don't have anybody like that? I mean, Patrick Peterson is five years from being great. You know, Chan and Sullivan's their, their nickel. Um I couldn't even tell you who the other starter is right now. I haven't gotten that far into my Vikings prep. It's going to be – it's different than what we've seen. Um, I remember Rodgers talking on Wednesday about how Cobb was on a roll, and that's true. Cobb had a couple of big days, big days against the Saints, and Watkins had a couple of big days, but I'm, I'm not buying any of those guys. Shoot, I don't know. It might be, it might be player of the week, Bill. Is Maybe Lazard is the 100-yard guy one week, and maybe it's Tunyon. You know, maybe it's the rookies the next week. It could just be – yeah, kind of receiver du jour out there, but I, I find a heart of leaders going to be eighty catch for a thousand yards kind of guy. I just think it's going to be mix and match based on the matchups and hot hands and stuff like that. 
You bring up a good point, Tunyon, and, uh, you know, I know he's uh, on a fast track to come back. I think he's going to become an incredibly important piece, uh, maybe not so much just in the possession aspect of things and moving the sticks, but I think he maybe emerges into that Bubba Franks type of guy. If you remember back when Bubba Franks was catching touchdown passes from Brett Favre, he wasn't doing a lot between the 20s, but when he got inside the red zone, he was the guy. I, I think Tunyon could become that guy. Do you? Yeah, maybe even more than that, too. I mean, gosh, was it 2020 had, I think he caught 52 out of 59 passes. I mean, he had more touchdowns than incomplete targets. It was amazing. He's just got such a feel. It's like he was always open in 2020. Um, because he's a really good route runner. He just has this really good feel for things. And, yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not up there on 60 catches by when all is said and done. He's he's a really good football player. I mean, he's not like a super fast guy, but he's, he's one of those fast enough kind of guys. To keep defenses honest, yeah, he's going to have a, a big say in this thing. I know in, the, uh, in in training camp there was some mix and match when it came to the running back position, even at times running both guys, having one guy be the running back, another guy then in motion splitting out. Do we see a lot more of that formation, a lot more of that motion, that misdirection, if you will, because you may have to scheme for some guys to get open as opposed to just throwing it to Devontae Adams, you know? Yeah, and there's no question. And Rodgers said that a bunch of times, too, that they're going to play their best 11. It's hard not to see a best 11. It's not Dylan and Jones out there. Um, and it, it helps that, you know, Jones is a perennial 50 catches a season kind of guy, and Dylan caught like 34 to 37 last year. These are these are really good receivers. And, well, maybe Dylan is more of the check down slash screen kind of guy. Jones can go out and play slot for you and, and be effective in that sense. So, um I bet they go. I bet those guys combined have 120 catches when the, when the season's over. You know, remember remember Kamara would have those 80 catch years for the Saints. I mean, why mm-hmm. why wouldn't Jones have 80 this year? I remember the, those those practices against the Saints. Um, it, it just looked like that he was Rodgers' number one read at times. That he's going to get the ball to 33 because he has a he's a knack to getting open. Then he can make something happen afterward. How much uh, now that we uh, get a little bit of a glimpse into the interview with Zadarius Smith? Um, he says, hey, you know, he they treated him bad. They didn't ask him how his back was doing. They didn't want to see how he, how he was coming along. Uh, he said he won, he signed with the Vikings so he could go back and play the Vikings twice a year. Now, in that that interview that he had uh, in Minnesota with the media, he didn't really want to, you know, throw too many barbs in the Packers' direction. But it certainly seems like he's got a fire in his belly because he feels like, hey, I still have good football left in me, and you gave up on me. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, that's just human nature, right? I mean, if, if someone doesn't want you anymore, yeah, you're going to be ticked off that up. I, you know, I'm yeah. sure he'll have a really good game. I mean, there's there's no reason for him not to. Um, he's a hell of a good football player. Um, I, I realize that run defense is kind of an, an annoying thing for him at times. It wasn't his, wasn't what he wanted to do. Um, but he's a good player. And the rest of that stuff, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how many how many times a week can you ask a guy how his, how his back is, right? I mean, at some point, right. you, just, you, know, you just let the guy be. Um, I will say the Packers didn't vote him captain last year. They voted for three defensive captains, and he wasn't one of them. So right. um, I have no idea um, the why behind that, but it is what it is, right? Time moves on. Nope. Um, it, it's it's yeah. sports, right? Yep. No, I, hey, everybody's got a chip on their shoulder for some reason or another. Yeah. So uh, Zedaria Smith is just another one in a long list of guys. But, uh, Bill, we enjoyed it as always. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Have a good one. Take care. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. There you go, Bill Huber uh, joining us on the line uh, from SI. Uh, and uh, he kind of gives us a lowdown on what he thinks the Green Bay Packers may or may not be doing 
this coming weekend. He seems to have a lot of faith in the uh, wide receiving core, though, to just say, hey, it's just going to be a work in progress. They're going to spread it around. It's not really going to become uh, detrimental. It's just a matter of who is going to emerge. And then, obviously, the interview with Tyler Dunn, who we have on the program today, uh, of Go Long. Uh, he said that uh, Zedaria Smith very upset how he was uh, treated in Green Bay at the end, specifically signed with the Vikings so he can extract revenge on the Green Bay Packers twice a year. He said, walking past me, not saying anything, like, Z, how's your back doing? There was none of that. Smith said uh, in his interview with Pro Football Talk as well, as you can see, uh, that adds on to why I'm on the other side. So I can go back there. I get to wear, go back two times a year. I put my back on the effing line. I put in everything. And that that year three, I was treated bad. That's why I'm here now, so I can play them twice a year from Zedaria Smith. So we'll see how he ends up getting his revenge, if at all, coming up in the game, coming up this Sunday. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show enjoying the day today as uh, the Packers continue to get ready for the Minnesota Vikings this weekend uh, the guy that had a chance to sit down and talk with Zedaria Smith uh, joining us uh, on the hotline Tyler Dunn from golongtd.com and you can find him at Tyler Dunn over there uh, on Twitter Tyler how you been pal What's up, Bill? How have you been? Everything's good here down in uh, actually got down in Jacksonville, Florida for a few days. So, uh, yeah, bop, bopping all over the country here. What are you working on in Jacksonville? You know, it's always a fascinating team this time of year, right? There, there's a little hope in the air. They've got a young quarterback, a, a veteran coach. They're they're trying to you know take that quarterback to the next level. It's a theme we see across the league where it can kind of go one direction or, or the other. So they're, they're feeling pretty good about Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and that, and that union down here. So uh, I, I want to get into the story that you got with Zedaria Smith. And I, I, first thing I wanted to ask was because the tone of the, uh, of the story versus what I heard out of him the other day in the media session, uh, uh, two different tenors, I guess. And maybe I could be reading too much into it, but give me the veracity, which with – with which he feels, say, the revenge factor for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so we we chatted. It, it was a while ago. It would have been June, like toward, toward the end of OTAs. And he was, obviously, if people read the story, and I encouraged him to do so, go along, TD.com for our subscribers. Unbelievably honest, open. We haven't heard from him, right? I mean, he... he didn't have to, to speak with reporters and the team wasn't saying much about his back situation and why he wasn't playing last year. So it seemed like everybody was trying to piece together the puzzle via Instagram posts or, you know, maybe a rumor heard here, a rumor heard there, and nobody really knew what was up. And this is a, an all pro player. This is one of your, you know, linchpin foundational pieces. Um, you know, just screaming off that edge. There weren't many better than Zadarius Smith. Uh, those two back-to-back seasons. So, you know, I, I just thought it was a good opportunity to learn a little bit. Let's hear from his, him. Let's get his side of the story on what went down. And, and he was honest. He was open. And, and as he said, like that's why he is 
in Minnesota. And there's a lot that goes into it, right? It's no, no secret. I mean, he, he was going to sign with Baltimore. That fell through. Uh, goes to Minnesota, but now that he's a Viking, he absolutely cannot wait to play the Packers, as he put. Did he tell you why the deal in Baltimore fell through? That's one of those topics. I, I wish we had a little bit more time. I was hoping we'd catch up again to, to go down that road, but unfortunately we didn't. You know, We talked a lot about the Packers, a lot about the Vikings, and his upbringing a, a touch as well. So, yeah, unfortunately, I wish we got, got more on that, but... It, I think it would have been, you know, one of those two teams, right? I mean, he loved Baltimore. Uh, he was his mentor was Terrell Suggs. I think that, you know, that familiarity definitely helped. But for whatever reason, falls through, goes to Minnesota, and he's, hey, take him at his word. The team at their word. He's healthy. His back's good. He he had a as he put a, a quote unquote like bulge. He kind of described it as a bulging disc, and his back shaved down. And he believes, you know year eight, whatever it is, that he's still in peak performance, that he can still be that presence that he was in Green Bay. I mean, it's crazy. It wasn't that long ago. He, he was in Green Bay with, with that free agent class, changing everything we thought about that defense and getting to the NFC Championship game. So if, if it works out for Minnesota, huge if, you know, health and age, and, you know, let, let's see how it all comes together. But if it works out, I mean, not only did you add somebody that can get 13, 14 sacks and 50, 60 pressures, but you're taking that presence away from the team you have to get past. So, so much of this rivalry kind of traces back to Zadarius Smith and, and what he can do at, his, at this point of his career. So, uh, other than just, like, you know, not talking to him in the hallways, uh, you know, he kind of made the statement that he just didn't feel like he was treated very well. Was was it something that happened? Uh, because he made it sound like, well, something happened in the weight room when he was working out, getting ready for the season. And then the disc happened, and all of a sudden he was almost ostracized. Uh, is that a good way to put it? That's the the perfect way to put it. You know, it, if you take him at his word, he, he wasn't upset about contract stuff. And, you know, we all saw the tweet after the captains were announced. He, he's told me that, he, that that wasn't the source of his frustration, his anger, that it was it all came back to the Packers wanting him to play and Zadarius Smith wanting to have surgery. I mean, he went out there, he, he get, had the procedure done by the same person who fixed up Rob Gronkowski, fixed up Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, that was early in both of their careers, and they ended up having long, long careers. So, you know, he, he didn't want surgery. He, he said he heard that word. It's like, whoa, what, what the hell? Surgery on my back? I mean, we all hear back surgery, you know, in life. And, God, I, it, it just scares you to death. But, you know, they told him, yeah, well, we're going to shave this down. And he made – that decision to do it, it sounds like the team wasn't happy with it. And let's not forget, I mean, he did play. He came back in the playoffs. Like, he, if they win against San Francisco, right, if the special teams doesn't do what it does, and if the offense can produce anything, I mean, that defense did enough to win. He had a sack that game. He, he, he wanted to play. He wanted to put his back on the line at that point, and he did for the games that mattered, uh, and they lost. So it's just crazy. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, I, it seems like Packer fans are, are very emotional about hearing from Zadarius Smith. I get it. You know, we've we've seen this play out with Greg Jennings, Brett Favre. It's not the first time somebody went from Green Bay to Minnesota, but uh, that's what makes sports fun. I mean, it's all about this stuff. I mean, I don't want to see jersey swaps. I don't want to see everybody hugging and loving. I mean, this is why we love football. The Packers and the Vikings going at it with a player who was at one team, you know, help change that culture, help change that defense, and now he's trying to do it in Minnesota. If you if you love football, this game is for you. 
the 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 question I have, and the Packers notorious for being very much on the side of the player when it comes to their health and well-being. Right. And I would right. love to know, and I don't know if this question came up or not, I would love to know if he was just told by Doc McKenzie, you know what, just take a few weeks off, it'll be fine. Uh, because McKenzie, as we all know, is an unbelievably cautious doctor, and instead he sought the second opinion to say, no, 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 you got to get surgery. That's a great point, Bill. I mean, that was one of the first thoughts that crossed my mind, too. I mean, we've seen it with several players on, on the Packers being cautious, being conservative. And for, for whatever reason, there was a big disagreement behind the scenes. And uh, I doubt the Packers are just going to come out at press conferences and say, all right, play by play, you know, here's, here's went went down. I mean, it's a, and you see this everywhere. It's injuries in football is such a personal, personal situation where only the player really knows what they're feeling can really weigh out their options in terms of long-term security for their families, for themselves. And, hey, I, you know, I'll admit it, look, I tend to be pro-player in most situations. These are the guys out there, you know, risking their brains, jiggling around in a skull, and they could be affected 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road playing this game. I mean, this is there, mm-hmm. there's nothing like this in the world, playing professional football. So, yeah, it was making a lot of money, yeah, but guess what? This is personal health. The personal decision, and I will never, ever fault the guy for looking out for for his health. Right? We, we look at look at some right. of these players down the line. Um, yeah, so, well, yeah, we all saw him in the game one situation. too. We all, we all saw him What's in game that? one. He was not effective in game one of the season. He right. clearly looked like something was wrong. I, I just yeah. I I just find it you know interesting if the Packers just thought that he needed some rest versus a second or third opinion that said no, you got to do surgery, and then the option to do that. Uh, you know, I, but that to me should not draw the shunning, so to speak, as he described in the in the hallways uh, of 1265. On the other hand, the Green Bay Packers going into Minneapolis. Look, uh, I, this is the second time in the history that they've actually gone into Minneapolis week one. This is going to be an incredibly hostile environment, an amped up environment. Zadarius Smith is amped up. Uh, the Packers coming in without Devontae Adams and a lot of question marks about the offense. Neither side really played a lot of starters. Both have question marks. Give me your thoughts on this contest come Sunday. You, if, you know what? I, I think we'll, we'll put out some season predictions uh, at go along. And I, I'm going to pencil the Packers in for the Super Bowl. I, I love how they rebuilt this team. You had to change something up, right? I mean, we've seen them bash their heads against the wall every January. So, yeah, you lose Devontae Adams. You know, try to drag teams out into the back alley and beat the hell out of them for a change. I, I, I just love how they kind of built from the inside out and, and really doubled down there. But week one, as they're trying to figure out this offense, and, yeah, I mean, how these weapons are all going to kind of fit together. You're on the road. That, that crowd in Minnesota is going to be nuts. You know, we have a big series up on how Kevin O'Connell has kind of moved beyond the Mike Zimmer days, which were uglier than most think um i I think it's going to be tough for green bay and in this singular game i mean they've they've they lost their last year they've had some trouble there in the past so i'd almost maybe lean vikings for this game but over the long haul i think green bay kind of figures it out as the season goes along and and they're in good shape when they need to be i'm 100 percent with you i i don't have a feel good feeling about this game i it's not that i would be shocked if the packers came out and just rolled offensively 
Uh, but I, to me, I think what we're not talking about is the challenge of all the weaponry that the Vikings have to put pressure on a defense that not only played well last year but has been upgraded. And for the starting 11, the starting 12 is extremely good. And, and I want to see what the Vikings are capable or not capable of doing in the first real test for this defense and seeing all these guys on the field for the very first time. No, no doubt. I mean, let's not forget how things started last year in Jacksonville, where I'm at right, right. now against New Orleans. Uh, who would have thought that that was a team that get the number one seed and you know, win 13 games again and it looked like they looked by November, December? I, I think that the, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinds, and even Aaron Rodgers, they know it's a marathon. They know it's going to be ugly for a bit. You're incorporating a lot of young receivers. You're working Bakhtiari back. You're working in some rookies on defense, but in the long haul, personnel-wise, I think they're set up to win how you have to win that time of year. We're all obsessed with the quarterbacks and shootouts and, hey, that 13 seconds game at Arrowhead, hey, that was fun, you know. It was a good time to watch. But it, look, look at how these games are really won in the playoffs. You still need to be physical. You still need to punch a team in the mouth. And too many years the Packers just haven't had that kind of personnel. And it seems like overall they do, even though this whole Zedaria Smith thing went south fast. So uh, give me your thoughts on some of the bigger storylines around the NFL, because I, I wanted to get in with, to you with this as well, because obviously, you know, will Cincinnati be able to even get back to the playoffs with the jinx that it is? If you lose the Super Bowl, you tend not to find your way back to the playoffs. Can L.A. repeat? Will Tom Brady be all of that in the bag of chips? Is Mike McCarthy fired at the end of the season? Uh, the quarterback situation, obviously, in, uh, in Cleveland, we followed all offseason. I mean, give me some of the other storylines you're looking at. Those are the juicy ones. You know, start there with Cincinnati. We're not talking about this team nearly enough. You know, I get it. The Bills are the Super Bowl favorite. They've got the MVP favorite. Everybody in Western New York where I live is going bonkers for this team and, and can't wait. It's, it's weird. I mean, everybody at NFL Network picked them to win the Super Bowl. But Cincinnati's got to be sitting there saying, what the hell? We're the team that mm-hmm. turned Patrick Mahomes into a, a, a pile of putty in that second half where he couldn't do anything. I mean, his quarterback rating was 12 in the second half. So give me those DBs. Give me... Tidabe Ouzier, and heck, even Eli Apple, Von Bell, get Jesse Bates back. This is a group in the secondary that knows how to take on these pyrotechnic offenses. I mean, there's the off, the arms race in the AFC was unprecedented. So give me the secondary that's proven that they, they, they can shut that down or at least contain all these weapons. I think Cincinnati can break that curse. They've got the quarterback, obviously, and bar an injury, um, they're really good up front on the offensive line. They should be. I mean, they retooled that whole group. I, yeah, I, I just, it's weird to me. Maybe it's a small market team. Maybe it's history. We, we should be just writing off these Super Bowl losers. But I think the Cincinnati Bengals, they're, they're in that game against Green Bay in the Super Bowl right now in my book. Good stuff as always, Tyler. They can read your stuff at golongtd.com. Find you on uh, at Tyler Dunn over on, uh, on Twitter as well. Anything else uh, that's uh, intriguing that we need to know about coming up? Hey, you know what? For all the, the Packer fans out there, we Bob McGinn is, is back with us uh, for this season. So he's got like a, a minimum 10-part series wrapping up his 43 years of uh, studying the tape, covering the Packers. It, the first part's up today for subscribers. So, yeah, check it out. It's kind of cool looking back and really seeing how special a guy like Sterling Sharp was, for example. I, I think a lot of folks out there in Wisconsin will like that. Good stuff as always, pal. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Always appreciate you. All right, buddy. There you go. Tyler Dunn. GoLongTD.com, at Tyler Dunn over on Twitter. 
Find his stuff there. Really good stuff and uh, some interesting thoughts coming out of Zadaria Smith, who just last week when he met with the media and we heard a lot of his comments, he wasn't going to, you know, kind of dance, so to speak, on the fact that he's a Minnesota Viking and that he's coming after the Green Bay Packers, just saying he has a lot of respect for those guys and kept it kind of copacetic. And then you find out that, yeah, there is a little bit bubbling below the surface. He's got that little extra snarl. There's going to be... Uh, I'm not going to say that he's hitting Aaron Rodgers to take him out of the game, but there is going to be some oomph to his game and his fire and his adrenaline and his energy at U.S. Bank Stadium come this Sunday. No doubt about it. Um, wh- You know what? Good question, Ben. We'll ask this question when we come back in regards to Zedarius Smith. Good question. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pindell a uh, manufacturing and machining company right here in the state of Wisconsin in our own backyard. That is Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com, Pindell.com, and uh, and check them out. They're, uh, they're good people. And if you're looking for a career, not just a job, but a career, they're hiring, and they pay well, they have great benefits, and they, they, they educate you along the way. So if you want to even move on, build your own company. They're, they're, they're like, look, hey, uh, the more the merrier and the be- bigger the better. And the better people they get, the better off they are. And they continue to grow. That's Pindell. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L dot com, Pindell dot com, right here in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.